you have your handout, grab that this morning and look at your outline as we uh, dive into the message this morning. As kids are getting ready to go to their classes, we'll let them get going. We've been in a series here called Wired for Worship because we are all wired for worship. That's what we're created to do. And as I said a few weeks ago, uh, God really moved me into this series, and I think He wants us to spend time making certain that we are staying focused on Him, who He is, and that we, in our, in our wiring, we're, we continue to stay focused on Him and growing our relationship with Him. A couple weeks, uh, a couple weeks, a few months ago, I started a construction project at my house, and it was one of those uh, fun projects for me, sort of therapeutic in a way, and I, uh, I built a screen and porch. And uh, it just so happened, it, it also gave me an excuse to buy another tool. Guys, are you with me? Oh, yeah. So I, uh, I just, I, you know, I wouldn't say I needed this tool, but I wanted this tool. And it gave me, uh, this, this project gave me an excuse to buy one of these tools. Now, this is a specialized saw, and you use it to, uh, to make certain kinds of joints or certain kinds of cuts that no other saw can do. And I could have probably borrowed one. I could have rented one, but I wanted one of my own. So I bought my own saw so I could do my own specialized cuts. So the deal, though, is um, uh, if, if, if I just buy the saw and I want to do a specialized cut on this chair, uh, I'm going to have to do something with it, won't I? Otherwise, it's going to take a long time for me to stand here and, you know, move this saw back and forth because it's got a motor on it. So what do I need to do? Plug it in. Plug it in, Pastor. Plug it in. And if I need to be uh, able to be more versatile with it, I would also need one of these, right? You know what this is, right? An extension cord. Now, do this is not a trick question. Do either of these items have any power in them right now? No, they don't. And so they really can't fulfill their purpose, can they? Unless I, I take this cord and I plug it into the power source and then I plug the saw into the cord, now everything can fulfill its purpose, right? And that's exactly what we are, friends. God, when God, God decided one day he was going to do a construction project, and he didn't really need to do a construction project any more than I needed a screened-in porch. But he wanted to do a construction project, so he made something called Earth. And then he looked at Earth and said, you know, I don't need anybody else, but I want somebody. I want a you. I want somebody made just like you. I want somebody wired just like you you and point at yourself and he said i want them i want that son that daughter to be designed in just the right way to fulfill the exact purpose that he has for us to fulfill but unless we're plugged in unless we're connected to him and to his power accomplishing what we're designed to accomplish will be just as hard, if not more so, than me taking that saw and trying to cut a board or anything else with it using my own power instead of plugging it in, right? And so this morning, I want to talk about being connected to God. Everything we do as re in relationship with God is worship. 
We're wired to worship. Just like that saw is wired and designed to do what it does, we are wired and designed to be connected to God and experience the power from God flowing in us and through us so that we accomplish the purpose he's which, for which He has designed us. He doesn't need us. He wants us. In fact, you could say it this way. God decided to need you. God decided to need me. And so He created me and He created you. So this morning I want to give you three things real quickly that will make certain we stay connected to God. There's lots of ways to stay connected to God and to the power source that He has. But just like extension cords, He makes each one of us to be an extension of who He is. Therefore, we need to be connected to God's people. We need to be connected to God's people. If you want to be connected to God, you need to be connected to His people. If you're following along in your outline, that's point number one. You need to be connected to God's people. Let me read a passage of Scripture for us in Psalm 133, starting in verse 1. And this is a prophetic passage of Scripture. It's an image that God gives us in His Word like He does often. And a lot of these words have a meaning, and I'm going to explain what they mean as we go through so that it comes to life for us. Psalm 133, verse 1. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers, and we could say, and sisters, to dwell together in unity. Now we're going to see why, or see how important this is to God. It is like, now notice he said it is like, he's going to show us what it's like. He's going to give us an image of what it's like when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. When we all together come together and stay connected to God and experience the power of God flowing through us to one another, this is what it's like. God says, just like Jesus often would say when he was teaching, the kingdom of God is like, and he would, he would give us a parable or a story or an analogy or an illustration. That's what God's doing here in his word in Psalm 133. He said, it is like precious oil upon the head. Now, if you want to take some notes in your handout or even make, maybe make notes in the margin of your Bible, I'm going to give you exactly in the original language and from the original perspective what these words mean and what it's connected to. Anytime you see oil in the, in the Bible, Almost every single time, it relates to, connects to the Holy Spirit. It, it represents the Holy Spirit. When we hear, when we pray for one another, often we'll anoint someone with oil. It, re, it re represents the presence and power of the Holy Spirit at work in our midst. Oil upon the head. When we see the head, it's talking about Jesus in Scripture, in God's Word. So already, it's like precious oil upon the head. It's like the, whole, the presence of the Holy Spirit and Jesus is in our midst when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. Isn't that cool? That's what God's Word is telling us. Coming down from heaven, coming down upon the beard. Now the beard, it's imagery of God's leaders. It's the, this is the beard of Aaron. Aaron is the high priest, the very original high priest of God's people, Moses' brother. The beard is around the mouth. It's the spokesperson. This is the messenger. These are the leaders of God's people. Okay. Coming down around the edges 
around even even on Aaron's beard, coming down upon the edges of his robes. This is the people who surround, who come together, who surround the presence of God. In the, in other places in God's word, it says, "When we worship, God inhabits the praises of His people." Another another translation, your translation might say, "When we worship, it." creates a throne for God to sit upon. Our praise and our worship is always represented or or filled with the presence of God. That's his promise to us. So he gathers his people together around himself. Now it goes on, verse 3. It's like the dew of Hermon. Hermon is a, is a great mountain. And this is, this is God's provision. When you see dew or water in Scripture, it's often talking about God's provision, His supernatural provision, because there's always life in water. It's the living Word of God. It's the life source that God has for us. It's God's provision He's talking about here. These are all of the things that happen when what? When what happens? When brothers dwell together in unity. This is what it's like coming down from the mountains of Zion. Zion is the place of worship. It's Jerusalem. It's where God's presence is always experienced. When God's people gather together at a place of worship, God's presence is there in a powerful way. For there, there, when this happens, God, the Lord, commanded the blessing, life forever. Isn't that powerful? When we see what God is saying to us, what he's saying is, friends, when his people, when we are gathered together and as extension cords plugged into the power source, we get to experience and express God's power to one another because we're made in his image and we gather together as the body of Christ, the very image and and representation of Jesus Christ himself. When we gather together, we're His people. And that's what happens, how good it is when God's people dwell together in unity. And when that happens, the promise is this. What is it? That God commands a blessing. Isn't that exciting? Anybody want a blessing? That's why it's important for us to gather together. That's why it's important for us to gather together, not just gather together, but gather together in what? In unity. Can you say that with me? Say unity. Look to your look to your neighbor and say unity. This is that has very important for us to be unified in Christ Jesus. God's wired us for this. His great commandment is that we would love God and love one another. And it's possible, it's possible friends, if you're not experiencing God's blessing in your life, it's probably because you're not connected to the power source. It might be because you're not coming together with God's people. Pretty important, isn't it? When we do this in unity, God commands a blessing. He doesn't suggest it. He doesn't say, you know, a blessing would be a good idea. He commands a blessing when we come together in unity. <laughs> That's an awesome promise. Exponential power is manifest when we're connected to one another. The Bible tells us a cord of three strands is not equal, easily broken. One, easily. Two, maybe, but three, when we're bound together with God and who He is. You know, I often hear people talk about having difficulty in their life, and I begin to ask a question of them or just ask in my own mind, I wonder if they're connected to God and His people. Because if you're not connected to God and His people, you're going to experience life on your own. 
It's isolation. It's like a sheep being away from the flock. Wolves can pick that one off pretty easily. One of the ways we come together around here on a regular basis each year is we, we give to a greatest gift offering every year. And every year, um, over the last several years, you have responded in amazing ways, and God has commanded his blessing. We have, we have an incredible opportunity to do this every single year. We have 14 ministry partners. Why don't you put that slide on the, on the uh, screen and you've, been, you've probably gotten a letter about this. These are our 14 ministry partners, and this is one of those opportunities for us to come together in unity around the, the vision and mission God has given us. And, and for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, this is our greatest gift offering. It'll be taken on December 13th, and this year we're raising the percentage that we're going to give away. A, a few years ago we started, we, we raised, we, we gave half of it away, and you gave about $100,000. We gave a half of it to our ministry partners. The next year, um, I think you gave $137,000 or something. We gave 60 or 70%. Of it. Last year, you gave $200,000 in this special offering, and we gave 70% of it away to our ministry mission partners. I don't know what you'll give this year. We're all, we've already decided, though, God wants us to give at least 80% of it away to these ministry and mission partners, and when we gather together with these partners, some of them are local, some of them are national, some of them are international partners, when we gather together around the same common focus and vision and mission, and we unite our hearts and our resources and our lives together, God commands a blessing in our lives and in their lives, and hundreds and thousands of people come to know Jesus as a result. The, the ministry in India, they're ministering to over a million people that's what you get to be a part of. This week, I'm going to go to Honduras and celebrate the, fir the very first graduation of a seminary in Tegucigalpa, Honduras. If they're using the TUMI program that we have given them, you funded the whole program. 35 graduates are going to graduate this week with seminary degrees because you and I and them and under the lordship of Jesus Christ have come together in unity and God has commanded a blessing and millions of people perhaps will come to know the Lord as a result. That's not an exaggeration. I mean, they want to take the whole country of Honduras and the whole, all of Central America and I think they can do it because they are completely committed to it. These guys, these men and women are sold out. Um, they're just incredible. You've met You've met some of them. We're going to bring Pastor Marlone from Nicaragua again in a few weeks. We'll have a joint worship service with our uh, church at Cristo Victorioso. David and Lauren will be here to help lead worship again. By the way, I forgot to say this real quickly. I want to thank my, my family. My son and my daughter uh, led worship today, and my beautiful bride was up here on the piano. Um, we started the church when they were all leading worship, and now they're grown up and have kids of their own, and um, every year for my birthday, I play the birthday trump card and say, would you come lead worship for my birthday? And they do that. And so thank you. Josh and Amy live in Heston, and Lauren and David lead our Spanish-speaking congregation downtown Wichita. So um, it's just how good it is when God's people come together in unity. Have you been blessed this morning? Um, and God commands a blessing when we do that. So we're going to take this offering and we're going to do this together as God's people because we're going to stay connected to his power and we're going to extend it so that he does what only he can do. 
and that's coming. So be praying about that. This is an offering. This is not a part of our tithe. We give our, our tithe belongs to God, right? Everybody agree with that? And so we give that every week at the end of the service. There are offering boxes or ushers wait on us, and, and we give that every week. But uh, this is a special offering. And I'm praying and, and, and just challenging all of us to give a bigger offering than you gave last year, bigger offering than you've ever given before. Because it's Jesus' birthday at Christmas time, and I think we ought to give him the biggest gift. You agree with that? And then we're going to give it away. We're not going to keep it here. We're going to give almost all of it away so that these ministry partners, uh, together, I've, I counted up the number of people. The number of people who are being ministered to through our ministry partnerships is over 1.5 million people. That's how many people are being ministered to. Isn't that amazing? It's just incredible. Okay, maybe I'm the only one excited about that. I don't know. <laughs> all right. Careful. Don't hurt yourself. Secondly, second way to connect to God is His presence. We need God's presence in our lives. And as we gather together, we experience God's presence. In Genesis 28, 15, it says, this is God speaking to Jacob. Jacob, who later has, has his name changed to Israel and becomes the father of the Israelites. This is early on in Jacob's life as he's really beginning to experience the power and the presence of God. In Genesis 28, 15, it says, Behold, this is God speaking, I am with you. Why don't you put your own name in there? Behold, God is with you. He's with each one of you, each one of us. I'm with you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I've done what I promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? There's, this is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. This is a point in time when heaven and earth come together as one. That's what happens when we gather together in church, friends. We experience the presence of God. He is with us. That's why this is called the house of God. It's not because I'm here. It's not because just you're here. It's because we're here and God is here. Amen? And this is the, power, this is the house of God as a result of that truth. And God is here with us. And that's what we need to experience every time we gather together. We need to experience the presence of God. I had the privilege this week of being in several worship services in another city as we went through some training and, and experience and so on. And, and I experienced the presence and power of God in every single in time. we. Were, I, I experienced that this morning in worship. Did you experience God's presence this morning in worship? That's what... I need that more than I need food. I need that more than I need anything else. We all do. And what we need, I'm not just talking about God's omnipresence, which is you know, God, it's a theological word here. God's omnipresence means God is present everywhere all the time. right? God's inner presence is the fact that God lives in us. The Holy Spirit is in us. When we become followers of Jesus, God is in us and with us. That's his promise. But this is, I'm talking about God's manifest presence. We all need to experience God's manifest presence. Let me explain what I'm talking about. If there was a, if there was a multi-billionaire with a B, if there was a multi-billionaire here this morning, and if you're here, you can just stay anonymous. You don't need to, you don't need to uh, you know, introduce yourself. <clears throat> but if there was a multi-billionaire here this morning, they would just be one of us, right? I mean, 
They'd be here. They'd be a son or a daughter of the Most High King if they're a follower of Christ. And, and they'd worship with us. And it would be, I mean, we'd never know. right? We'd never know they were here. But if that multi-billionaire went to the back of the room and started writing a check for a million dollars to every single person in the room, we'd probably let him do that, wouldn't we? That would be his manifest presence, right? He would be manifesting his or her presence to each one of us. That's what I'm talking about. God wants to manifest his presence to each and every one of us when we gather together. He wants us to experience personally and powerfully his presence in a way that only does, where he does something only he can do, where he speaks a word. Kathy was here at the, the men's, or the, not the men's, the women's dinner last night, the women's holiday dinner last night. Her message was one word from God will change everything. That's God's manifest presence. When God speaks, it changes everything. At the end of the service last week, at the end of the second service last week, Catherine Smith sitting here, she, she sort of dragged her husband Brad down front. He didn't even know why he was coming. He was just kind of coming, coming along to, with Catherine because she was dragging him down to the front. And uh, I wasn't, maybe you weren't dragging him. That's, it made me a too, that's too, that's too harsh of a word. Oh, you, she was, okay. Uh, and said, uh, would you pray for Brad? And I said, well, sure, what's going on? And um, he goes, oh, now I know why I'm here. I didn't, I didn't know why I came down front. And he said, I have been having terrible pain in my right shoulder, and so much so, and we texted and talked later about more of the details. He said, he said I was in so much pain on Sunday morning, I, I almost didn't come to church. I was just in terrible pain, and I'd been in terrible pain for three days. He said, I was... In fact, he describes it. Now, Brad's a big guy. He's not just one of these guys that's going to go to the doctor or complain about stuff. Um, and he said, on a, on a 1 to 10 scale, I was at an 8. So I'm talking about a lot of pain. I was fully prepared, he said, to, to make a doctor's appointment for the next you know, Monday morning, which he said, I hate to do because I hate to go to the doctor and I hate to pay doctors to go to the doctor. So I wasn't gonna, wasn't, but I was fully prepared to do that. We prayed for him, and um, he sort of laughed a little bit. He said, you know, it feels a little better already. I don't, I don't know why, but it feels a little bit better already. And um, then he texted me later in the day and said, I just have to tell you that a while after we prayed, I felt an intense heat in my shoulder, and then the pain went away. And I was able to use my arm. He said, I had a golfing trip. I, had, I was about ready to cancel. <laughs> In California. Bum, bummer, Brad. <clears throat> but he said, I'm, I'm going to get to go and hang out with my friends. I said, well, just remember to tell your friends why you're there. <laughs> See, God, he said, and this is, you know, um, Brad would not use this word carelessly he said i absolutely believe it's a miracle that god healed his shoulder i texted him on wednesday to see how he was doing he said i'm 99 percent." he said he said it's unbelievable i was like brad that's the wrong word it's amazing it's not unbelievable right that's god's manifest presence and it isn't just for someone like brad and it isn't just for someone like me he wants that for every one of his children. He does. 
Just like you as a parent want to speak to your children and want to do things for them, you do want to do that for your kids, right? I know, as parents, you're like, some days, I don't know. (laughs) But you do want to do that for your kids. You want to speak into their lives, don't you? Anybody? You want to do that? How much more? The Bible even says, Jesus says this, if you want to do good things for your kids, how much more does your Father in Heaven want to give you gifts? Gifts like the Holy Spirit, His presence, His power working, His manifest presence working in you. That's my prayer for the, that everyone that comes to church here would experience God's manifest presence in a very powerful, powerful way. I occasionally have conversations with people who come to Eastside who've been coming several weeks or months who will come and say to me finally, you know, when I, came, when I first started coming to Eastside, I almost stopped coming because every time I'd come, I'd end up crying. And, and every week I'd swear, I am not going to cry in church today. And every time they'd cry. And in fact, sometimes they'll say, what is going on? Why do I keep crying every time I come to church? You're experiencing God's manifest presence. You're experiencing His love. His love overwhelms us. Right? And that's what, we, that's what God wants for us. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. I cry almost every week. I wipe tears up here as we're worshiping. It's just I'm experiencing the love of God. He overwhelms me with His love. Because I know how unworthy I am in and of my own ways. God's people, God's presence, and God's purpose. Let me try to wrap this up pretty quickly. God wants us to connect with Him. He wants us to, in, in, our, in our wired for worship, creative ways, He wants us to understand and connect with Him and His purpose. Now, let me explain what I mean. God does have a purpose. Just like the creator of this saw had a specific purpose for this saw, God, when he created you, had a specific purpose for you. But before we get to the individual purpose, let me talk first about God's universal purpose. Because God's uni- we, we have to connect with God's universal purpose before we can experience our individual purpose. God's universal purpose is two things. One is he wants us to experience salvation. He wants to rescue us out of sin and separation from him so that we can be in relationship with him. That's, one of, that's, that's part one of God's universal purpose for us. Part two of God's universal purpose for us is he wants us to surrender to his kingdom. He wants us to surrender our entire life to his kingdom. That's why Jesus kept saying, if you want to follow me, take up your cross and follow me. That's pretty vivid language, isn't it? It means we have to surrender our own will. We have to surrender our plans, the list we keep handing to God, going, God, here's my list. Why don't you take care of this for me? It's it's not that God doesn't want to hear those requests, but he wants us to bring our requests from a submitted heart so that we've submitted our will, so that we've submitted our plans, so that we've submitted our agenda. We receive his salvation, and in response, we surrender to his kingdom and his lordship. And now, we've experienced and we're living in God's universal purpose for us. And then, and only then, will we experience our individual purpose. It's not until this saw is plugged in to this cord 
and plugged into a power source and it's completely submitted to the hand of the holder that it will fulfill its individual purpose. And that's the way you and I are. Let me read Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, 28. With that in mind, Paul writes, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God. Sometimes you hear that verse, or maybe you say that verse and you stop right there. But there's a danger in stopping right there. Unless you understand the fullness of what it's talking about. Because sometimes we can so personalize that and we can so individualize it. We go, now God, you have to, now God, I got you right where I want you. You got to do what I want you to do. Not unless we're submitted to his purpose. He goes on to say, to those who love God and to those who are called according to what? You know, say it with me. His purpose. His purpose. What is his purpose? His purpose is for you, his, his universal purpose is for you to know him and for you to be submitted and surrendered to him. Right? When you know him and he, you've received grace and salvation and you submit and surrender to him, now you're living according to his universal purpose now you get to experience god's good pleasing and perfect will living in and through you and all things work together for good to according to his good purposes according to his plan his universal purpose for you and now you're plugged into the power source and now you're completely connected to the power of god in a way that he can direct your steps he can give you word he can lead you according to his righteousness and for his name's sake no matter whether it's through the valley of the shadow of death or whether it's over the mountain and into victory it doesn't matter where you go or when or how but God will lead you according to his universal purposes and he will call out of you the purpose and the specific plan he has for you only then will you fully experience everything you were specifically created and designed to do that's the way this works and as we worship as we connect to his people as we experience His presence and as we live into His purpose, then, then we see God's commanded blessing. Want, want to experience God's commanded blessing in your life? Anybody want to just opt out of that? No, oh, I'm good. Just forget it. No. I want, I want God's commanded blessing in my life. See, see, this isn't us getting God to do what He wants, what we want Him to do. This is us submitting to what He wants us to do. Because we're created for God. He wasn't created for us. Right? And then we get to experience this together. We get to see His will working in and through us. We get to see His blessing commanded in our lives corporately and individually. It's pretty awesome. This is what the first church experienced. You can read this in Acts chapter 2, the very first church, gathered together in perfect unity 
And they experienced God's manifest presence in amazing, miraculous, I mean, unbelievable, no, it's amazing ways, amazing ways. And, and then they lived out their purpose. That's why we're here. That's why we're here, because the very first church, the people in the very first church did exactly what we're talking about right now. That's why we're here. And that's why we get to now pass it on to the next neighbor, to the next generation, to our children. That's why we're doing the greatest gift. So God's going to call some of you to give extravagantly. I hope, he, I hope he leads every single one of us to give extravagantly, to serve extravagantly, to worship extravagantly. And when we do, God commands a blessing. Those are his words. Those are not mine. God, you know, say it with me, commands a blessing. Father, we bow our heads and our hearts and our lives in surrender and submission to you. You are our God. You are our King. And I pray this morning that as we bow our hearts and lives that you're speaking to each one of us. So Lord, all of us right now, we want to ask this question. God, what are you saying to me today? through this message. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? How do you want me to respond? How do you want me to submit my life? Maybe you're, maybe you're here today and you're saying, well, I need to begin with a relationship with God. So Father, that's the prayer for those who are here who haven't yet begun a relationship. Is God, help me find relationship with you. I want to step into that today, right now. Maybe you need to hear a word from God. And so God, our prayer is, that God, would you speak a word into our hearts and change everything? And God, as we surrender to you and your will, help us understand and see and live in and walk in the specific design and purpose you have for each one of us as you command your blessing in our lives. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen.